Hi guys, Colleen Hunt from Gluten-Free Gold, based in Delega, Panama. And I had to start using this because the wind was kicking out the sound. And it's Carnival weekend, so you'll hear the music in the background. But I thought I'd start the podcast, uh, Facebook Live now, because uh, later on it just gets louder and louder and louder for the next three days. So I want to discuss today, um, allergies are bad, meds aren't working. I went and got some more in the, uh, the pharmacy in town here and the lady uh, doesn't even ask for my discount card. She knows me uh, from sight, so. But uh, I'm going to be optimistic that another three or four days of these drugs and it'll clear up or she has to do something else. Um, I'm trying to to um, wean all the heavy flower jobs uh, out of my repertoire for the market. And um, that's just what I'm going to have to do. Um, it gets expensive, it gets irritating, and it gets really painful. I want to give you guys a background on how I learned how to bake and cook and why I think that it's going to be so much easier for you. I remember as long as I, I remember back, I always wanted to bake. I'm not sure about the cooking. My mom at the time when I was nine or 10, she did a lot of, uh, package cooking, which was unusual because everything at that time, everybody did from scratch. There wasn't a lot of package food, but, um, she was working at the mill and, uh, she didn't have time. So she did a lot of package cooking and I always wanted to cook. I remember, um, I would, uh, come home at lunchtime. We lived in Long Lac, a small, small town in, Northern Ontario, Canada, and I would come home and I'd make lunch soup for my uh, sister and myself and clean up and then uh, get us back to school. And that was canned soup all the time. They had the Campbell's. I forget what other canned soups. Um, and then my stepfather at the time, he was into gourmet cooking and I couldn't stand any of it because it was, it had wine or it had it had alcohol of some sort in it and, it, and it wasn't my cup of tea, so to speak. And then when we moved to uh, uh, Thunder Bay, um, there was a lot of times that I was responsible for my younger siblings. And I had to start learning how to how to cook meals, uh, make potato pancakes, make pasta, uh, I remember it took me three or four tries to make my chocolate mayonnaise cake. The first time I put coffee grounds in it. The second time I think I did the coffee, but it, it was like multiple times before I got that cake, right? So I know you guys, you can, <laughs> with the recipes now, 
you can get that bang on the first time, like bang on. Um, there was stuff when, um, I was living with my first boyfriend, he had a temper. And, um, when I cook something, if it wasn't to his standards, he'd throw it against the wall and say, start over. And, uh, I did, I did, um, money was tight. So I had to learn how to cook with what we have cook with what was in the cupboards, cook with what's in the freezer or fridge. And I damn well better make sure it was good or, um, I'd feel the aftermath for it. And then when, um, I was next with my next boyfriend, uh, living in Southern Ontario, the storms in the winter were so, were so, um, bad. And we were on a side road in the country. We had a farmhouse side road in the country. So anybody that was visiting on a Friday, they would be there until our road was plowed Monday. So you better make sure that you had enough food. We used to, uh, in Ontario, they had, uh, milk, uh, is sold in bags. So we would buy a whole bunch of milk when it was on sale and freeze the bags and then thaw the bags out when we need it. So in case of emergency, there was always milk in the freezer. And then we had, um, I'd stock up on, on the basic essentials, but all through the summer I would grow stuff. Um, I would buy stuff that was, um, in season and inexpensive. And I would, uh, can or pickle it. So I put it in jars, I put it in the freezer or I dry it so that there was always a lot of just in case food on hand. And my boyfriend at the time really liked, um, a homemade tomato soup and it was made with stewed tomatoes. So, and it was his mom's recipe. So I would put about three or 400 quarts of tomatoes away in the root cellar just so that there was enough through, throughout the winter for him to use. Um, then we had, um, then my family started, started growing. And with that, I, I needed to, um, expand my, my knowledge and my repertoire. And I also needed to be able to, um, like, I still remember when I, we lived in Southern Ontario, I would have like $20 a week for groceries for the two of us and whatever company we had on the weekends. So I would spend my spare time because he worked out of town a lot. I would spare my spare time when I wasn't working, going through magazines and recipe books and newspapers, trying to find stuff that used a can of uh, tuna or a can of salmon or a pound of hamburger or used one main thing that was inexpensive that, that I could make into different meals. And I still have, no, I don't have it. I think my daughter has it, my notebook. And I started that notebook when I was uh, 19 years old. And it was all handwritten um, recipes that I collected over the time. Um, then I have, um, when I moved to uh, Thunder Bay, 
and it, the family expanded. Then it was uh, my social life was a lot of partying. My husband at the time and I, we partied a lot. So we had, we were very social. So we had a lot of people at the house on the weekends. Um, or during special events like Christmas and birthdays and barbecues in the summer. So my experience expanded again on um, how to make stuff for larger amounts of people. Um, we would have uh, parties and I would try at the time, and that was in the 80s, I would try for like 45, 50 bucks, try to make enough food uh, to feed 10 to 12 large eating people, like large appetite people, and plus the kids at the time. And then we went in, um, then I went and I had uh, quit drinking, and that was in the early 90s. Uh, quit drinking, and then we always had a lot of people around socially. But because there was no alcohol in the picture, there were always a lot of sweets. Because uh, when people quit drinking, they craved that sugar from the alcohol or the yeast from the beer. So I would make, I, I, that's when I really got into making the sweets. But overall, you know, when I was baking for the kids, I, I always served the kids. They had uh, breakfast that they made, lunch was prepared, or, or they prepared their own lunch uh, for school. And I had stuff for them to choose from. But there was always, supper was a, a good main course supper with a dessert. And their friends, when they came over, couldn't believe that they always got dessert. I didn't realize that most homes didn't have a dessert after the meal. Because I remember my daughter, when she was a baby, she'd stomp. She wanted to go in the high chair. She got in the high chair. She'd bang her bowl on the, on the high chair table. When she was done the main meal, she'd ask for her dessert. She'd get her dessert, and then she wanted out. Like, eat, done, get out of there. And um, that's when I perfected all my dessert techniques. But we had, I easily, when I baked cookies, I always baked a, a, a 10 dozen. Always around 10 dozen. And that would last our family about 24 hours. These guys were big, big eaters. So I think it, was, it wasn't until like 19, uh, no, 2016. No, 2006, I think, was the first time I made a single batch of cookies. I've never, ever had been able to make a single batch of cookies before that. It was always double, triple, quadruple. So for me, it, I was used to having tight reins over, over expenses, doing with what I could with what was on hand. But that's the way I was taught. Um, some of the places we lived in were out of the way and you can't, you could not justify doing the, the drive it took to, to pick up more supplies. So 
you better make darn sure you have what you need on hand or you may do or substitute or whatever. And I think that's where I got my experience. When I was 18, 19, I used to cook for the bridge repair crews. I had uh, up to one time I had um, uh, 21 guys that I was cooking for, but usually it was a crew of 12. And then up north in the Northwest Territories, I cooked for a crew of six guys that were doing um, the roads for seismic exploration for oil. And uh, that included making the breakfast, making the lunch, making the supper, ordering supplies for both of those jobs. I had to order the supplies for a two-month job or for a month at a, at a time, order exactly everything I needed because I had one delivery a month. And if I didn't have what I needed, well, then the guys would complain. So it was a very, those were very interesting jobs that helped instill in me to be adventurous, be confident in my skills. And for that, I had to really enjoy what I was doing. And cooking and baking has always been a way for me to make a, a living one way or another. So now you fast track to, to, uh, all our jobs in Alberta, whenever we had a construction job, we'd invite people in and I would do, um, uh, whoever was there for breakfast got breakfast and then they had a full, full lunch with two or three desserts and then they had a full supper with desserts. Um, we always knew that if we fed them well, um, treated them well, we would always have people that would would come back because for us we want to show our appreciation of them giving up their time to helping us and what better way as far as I was concerned in in feeding them and giving them our best so when you think about that and how I started to cook and bake I'm sure you guys don't need to go through those experiences I, I'm sure that just having the desire to learn is going to be enough for you. There was a lot of stuff that I'm going to show you that people assume you know. But a lot of the little details I learned along the way, uh, details I learned when um, uh, I did home ec class. I remember when I did home ec class in grade 9 and I showed when we were doing um, folklore, uh, different meals from, from different cultures. And I showed the teacher how to, and the students how to do the cabbage rolls and the pierogies. And that was in grade nine. Because uh, that was one thing mom had taught, how to make the cabbage rolls and the pierogies. Um, you know what? It's, it's going to be easy for you guys. You just have to have the desire. But I don't want you getting down on yourself. I don't want you saying it, it's easier to the store, buying the store stuff. But you know what? It is easier buying the store stuff, but a lot of the stuff doesn't have flavor, doesn't have taste. And also, 
I don't have the additives at the store. Any of the recipes that you try, my own or anyone else's, it doesn't have all those additives. I've seen some, but majority don't have the additives. Um, I just know your life would be so much easier if you could learn how to bake gluten-free. And, and then pass on something. It's like a culture. Uh, I noticed when my family was visiting the last couple of weeks, the one thing that we would all get excited about is when we talked about food. We talked about food, going places, and then you bite into something and, it, and you close your eyes. And for that one minute that you close your eyes, you are transported back to the time when someone that made that exact same item that tasted exactly like that. And it's like reminiscing. And our entire visit, we were reminiscing about things in the past, events in the past, but most of all food. Our family gets together. We talk about food, what we like, what we don't like, what we want, what we don't want what they want mom to make, what they don't want mom to make. Can mom make this? Uh, can so-and-so make that? Is so-and-so going to bring that? Because our family culture is time spent sharing food. If anything else, that's a pretty, pretty uh, laid-back way to, to share time with each other. Uh, board games, cards, and food, I think, is pretty well, pretty what we what we did. So, so I just wanted to let you know where how I learned how to cook and bake. Um, it just seems like a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there, and and it's all jumbled together over the years to give me the skill that that I don't even think about it because it's ingrained so much. But I also remember when I asked my mom's mom uh, about a white sauce, I said, how much flour and how much butter margarine? And then she named it right off and I said, oh, oh my God, how can you remember that? And she said, if you made it enough times in 40 years, you'll remember the recipe. And I went, I was just stunned. But there's no way I could remember something like that. And darn tootin' is she right. Yeah, stuff you do often. I can't remember how much my kids weighed. I can't remember how long they were. but And I can't even remember most of the time who likes what and who doesn't like what. But my recipes have always been the backbone of my memory, I guess. It just, that's all I can remember. Yeah, so. So Colleen Hunt, Gluten-Free Gold, based in Delega, Panama. Bye.